If you have a Bible, open to Matthew chapter 4. I'll put your finger there for a second. I, it seems like I say that every week, don't I? Yep. Okay, I'm going to stop doing that. <laughs> you know better. Uh, you know what? Jesus speaks to us through his word, but he also speaks to us through his spirit. And uh, just the word this morning of people f- coming to glass walls and realizing that there might be chains still draped on you. They're not holding you back, but sometimes we get so used to that. You know how they train elephants when they're very small. They put a chain on them and they connect them to something and so they can't get away. And as they grow, they get so used to that that they put this little tiny rope or chain on them and they won't go beyond that, the, the, the distance that they've been trained. Though they're so big and so strong that that thing couldn't hold them if they wanted to, to break through. Uh, but they're just so used to it. And it just hit me as uh, Lance shared that, what the Holy Spirit was saying, that so often we get used to things and limitations. And we think that's as far as we can go. And maybe this morning, you think, well, that doesn't really apply to me. But if you look around, you see people going forward and you feel like you're not. And maybe you feel like you haven't gone anywhere for years. And you don't realize that you still have chains. As we were worshiping, I was just thinking about that in, in the midst of worship and realizing that I have chains that were still resting on me that I'm asking God to remove. Some of them, I was raised in a fundamental church evangelical church that, that was, loved Jesus but didn't actually believe in the supernatural at all. And in a scientific worldview in our culture, I didn't have a place for the supernatural. Now, I've seen the word and I've tried to move into that, but I realized I keep running into this wall because I still have this stuff hanging on me from the past. Maybe you've been hurt by church or by other Christians or by other leaders and it's made a limitation. I believe God wants to set us free this morning. That was the word, and that was the, the sense of the presence of God. But I think in the, the preaching of the word as well. So let me just kind of review where we were. We're talking about the spiritual realm. And this is the second week. Last week we talked in a bigger context. The bigger context is that we're equipping the saints to advance the kingdom through all the saints, via the supernatural. That's the bigger picture. That's what God's called us, part of what he's called us as a church to do. We're advancing the kingdom. We're not growing a church. We're, we do that through every believer, not just a few leaders. And we do it in the power, the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. So we're talking about the spiritual realm. So last week, we came to the understanding that there is a spiritual realm. Even though we can't see it, it's real. Okay? It's not unscientific because science is catching up with that. But in that spiritual realm, there are spirit beings, both good and evil. And it's a tough place for us who can't actually see in the realm of the spirit to know how to navigate that. We found the wonderful good news is that God's given us a guide. 
the Holy Spirit. That's how we navigate this spiritual realm, in the Holy Spirit. Thing is, because we've defined natural in such a limited realm, natural is what we can know with our senses. That was what Aristotle said. That's become the basis of our scientific worldview, that, that only what is known through the senses is real. Uh, just for those of you who aren't on the cutting edge of science, science has debunked that. They, they've said that there is no such thing as a natural worldview because theoretical physics is saying that there's, there's much, much more than what we can see, which we touched on just briefly last week. But because we've, limited, we've defined natural in such a limited way, where the spiritual realm intersects with the natural, we call supernatural. Super means beyond or above. So it's beyond the natural. It's not that big a deal. It's just basically where the spirit realm intersects. Okay? Try to, to base what we do. We have a commitment to being fully word-based and fully spirit. And so Tim was making fun of me last week because I had about a dozen scriptures when we're talking about the spirit realm. He said, is there any other, any other part of the Bible we're going to share? So when I gave him my notes this morning, he said, uh, how many scriptures do I have? I said, all the rest of the Bible I didn't share last week. <laughs> because we want to be, uh, make sure that we understand that the Bible is God's revelation of himself and the kingdom, which is spiritual. Okay, so Matthew chapter 4. You're there already. Verse 23. Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments. And those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. Seems like Jesus tied the supernatural with the declaration of the kingdom. Matthew chapter 8 and verse 16 says, When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Chapter 10, verse 1. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them authority. It says power, but the, the Greek word is authority. There's different words. But he gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Verse 7, and as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you've received, freely give. Kind of getting a picture that the declaration of the gospel was associated with what we call the supernatural. Acts chapter 10. Verse 38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. 
Hang with me. A couple more. Mark chapter 16. I'm trying real hard to read these and not make a whole lot of comments. We know how that goes. Verse 20 of Mark 16, and they went out, preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. So we see that not only was the supernatural associated with Jesus' ministry, but it was associated with the disciples. Okay? But, but let me read this to you again. They went out, preached everywhere. The Lord worked with them, confirming the word through the accompanying signs. What did they do? They preached. What did he do? The accompanying signs. John 14. Who's doing the, uh, the overheads today? Taryn. Taryn's much quicker than I am. Because I'm actually having a turn here. Tim was doing it last week and I finally just went, okay, I'm just going to read these because you guys are quicker. From verse 10 of John 14. It says this, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own, my own authority, on my own initiative, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, who else, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. More assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. Jesus did the works he did because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He says in John 5, 19, he did nothing of his own initiative, but only what he saw the Father doing. In John 5.30, in five times in the book of John, he says what we read here. He did nothing of his own initiative. He actually says, I didn't do the work. The Father in me did the work. Now, one of the chains that sometimes we carry is this idea that Jesus did the supernatural because he was God. And we're not God, so we can't. Jesus did the supernatural by the power of the Holy Spirit. He gave up being God. Philippians says he did not count being equality with God something to be held on to, but he gave it up and emptied himself of all his deity and became a man. Born of the Spirit and empowered by the Spirit. Why is that important? Because sometimes we make this distinction. We read this and we say, ah, that was for Jesus, but not for me. Or that was for Jesus and the disciples, but not for me. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're a disciple. He says God does the work. We're going to talk about that a little bit more next week or the week after. Because there's a whole lot that ties in with that. That we think it's us or not us. But the reality is, it's God through us. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to jump on uh, Johann and Fiona's. Adventure here. 
because they're going to expand this over the next few weeks. Now concerning the spiritual brothers, I don't want you to be ignorant. Now concerning spiritual gifts, it says up there, the word gifts is not there in the Greek. It doesn't say that. It says now concerning the spirituals or the supernatural. Okay? I don't want you to be ignorant, just so that you're still with me. In, in uh, 1 Corinthians 14, it says, pursue love and desire the spirituals or the supernatural. The word gifts is not there either. But especially that you may prophesy. What's happened is that we've taken something and we've made the emphasis in the wrong place, and I'm going to show you why. Verse 4, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are differences of ministry, but the same Lord, and there are diversities of activities, but is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. To one is given the word of wisdom through the, the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to, the, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. The word manifestation means to make seen or known. It's making something seen. The manifestations of the Spirit... Make the spirit seen and known. It's really the this, this spiritual realm breaking into the natural. They're supernatural manifestations. They're not natural expressions. It's not somebody having a good idea. Oh, let me share with you the knowledge that I have. That's not what a word of knowledge is. Someone having a wise message. I've got some wisdom to share with you. No, these are supernatural expressions where God sh shares something with you that you had no way of knowing. And the person that you share it with knows that you had no way of knowing it. And so what happens? They say, that must be God. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> That's not Russ is a smart guy. He has wonderful insight. He looks and, and he just figures out people. No, the Holy Spirit says this about Lance. That no way that someone that I could know. You're still with me? But understand that these are the manifestations of the Spirit. It's not about us. They're not manifesting not making us seen or known. It not, it's not a gift that identifies your ministry. I went to a church a number of years ago. I was there, a young lady came in and introduced herself to me. She said, hi, my name's Dawn. I have the gift of word of knowledge. I said, no, you don't. She went, are you a prophet? I said, no, there's no such thing. 
It's not a gift. It's a manifestation of the Spirit. And it's not yours, and it doesn't identify who you are in your ministry. It makes the Spirit known. See, the problem is when we build a whole teaching around a word that's not there, gifts, then we try and find out what our gift is because it becomes part of our identity. And then we think, okay, I have this gift, and when it's needed, I can pull it out. I was going to pull something out of my pocket, but I had nothing in my pocket. I can pull it out when it's needed and put it to work. But if something else is needed, I can say, well, that's not mine. I've got the gift of the word of knowledge. You need healing. You better find someone else. Right? See, it so limits us because the Holy Spirit can manifest himself through every believer in every manifestation. Why? Because he's being seen. And he is supernatural. You are not supernatural. Let me tell you. No matter how much, what is the, uh, the Iron Man cereal that they have that you eat? Nutri-grade. No matter how much Nutri-grade you eat, you will never be supernatural. It will never make you into Superman. We fix might. <laughs> now, just for the sake of, of argument, Romans 12 does talk about certain things that are inherent within us that do identify part of our character and personality and gifting ministry, okay? But not here. These are manifestations of the Spirit. Why do we build a different concept? I think because there is this thing in people that we want a little bit of the glory. We want a little bit of the credit. One of the things that has held me back for years is realizing that one of the chains draped over me was the fact that I've had this teaching that if I do things a certain way, God will break in and I'll get a little bit of the credit. I was talking with a guy a couple years ago. He'd asked me to pray about a situation in another country. A young child who had drowned and was pronounced dead and people all over the world were praying and God intervened and the kid came back to life but this guy called me to let me know that he prayed at a certain time and that was the time the child began to breathe again now the child was only had drowned was only that way for a matter of about 30 minutes I mean, he was definitely dead and came back to life. But it wasn't like days. It wasn't like, but in that time, there, a call had gone out and there are thousands of people all around the world praying. Yet his way of communicating was that at this time, I got the message and I prayed and the kids started breathing. Now, what does that communicate? Maybe just a little bit it was him. I mean, who, who cares about the thousands of other people praying? Who cares that it's actually God that does the work? Yeah, God only heard one, which was that guy's. No. There's something in us that wants a little bit of the glory. I want to tell you, I believe that there's a moving into a greater dimension of the supernatural that God's wanting to do in us as a church, but in his church around the world. But this issue 
has got to be dealt with first. He says he gives his glory to no one. Isaiah 42, I share my glory with no one. He's a jealous God. That doesn't mean that he doesn't want us to to love our wives or something or our our husbands that he's jealous. It means he recognizes that he's the one worthy of glory. He's the one who is above all else. He doesn't share his glory, but there's something in us that, that we have this teaching that says, if I do something, if I'm holy enough, I can convince God to do something, and by doing that, sure, it's God, but he's the, the trigger that gets God go, doing something is my holiness, or it's my faith. If I have enough faith, I'll trigger God into doing something. We're going to talk about that in a, a week or two. I'm not sure when. I'll get to it eventually. But there's something there in the teaching that basically says, I get a little bit of the credit. Yes, God did it, but it was my faith. Or it was my holiness. It was my something. And then the other side of that coin is that if I pray for someone and they're not healed, it's because you don't have enough faith. Or you don't have enough holiness or you've, you've done something wrong or said something wrong or thought something wrong this week and therefore God can't use you. How do we get there? Because we think that these are things that make our ministry and our name known, and they're not. They're things that make the Holy Spirit seen. And when our heart is, I want people to meet God. When our heart is, God, I want you to minister to people. And what happens when he ministers to people? They don't see the tool that he used to to minister. They see the source of where it came from. God did it. If you have a word of knowledge for someone and a supernatural is something that they know you could not have known, they don't come and say, wow, thank you. That you shared that because how did you how did you have that insight into my personality? No, they say that was God. Manifestations of the Spirit, the supernatural breaking in. Galatians chapter five. You're not going to believe this, but I actually planned to, to preach shorter today, and I'm almost finished. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. I say then, walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. We're talking about a spiritual realm. We're talking about having a guide. We're talking about the Spirit breaking in, and when the Spirit breaks in, there's something supernatural. That's not my pin. (laughs) There's something supernatural, and so the... Admonishment is to walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Lust of the flesh is I want some credit. I want some I want a ministry. I want a name. We live in a culture that is obsessed with celebrities. I, I just I can't get my mind around someone who just happens to, to be part of some reality 
thing becomes a celebrity. They're just living life. Their life, but, but we're so enamored with celebrities. Everyone wants to be a celebrity. We've got people who are killing people so they would get their 10 minutes of fame on the, the TV and they'll be a celebrity. And it creeps into our culture and it says, I want to be a celebrity. I want to do something supernatural so that people would say, wow, that Johan, he's anointed. He is, but not for his glory. See, our focus, we started this whole thing with saying our focus has got to be on the new covenant. Our focus is on Jesus and the advancing of his kingdom, not our ministry. Galatians 5, 16, 18 says, but if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. 25, but if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Talking about this partnership of the supernatural. Romans, one more. Chapter 8 and verse 14 says, But as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Sons of God was a term used for spiritual beings. It doesn't just mean people. It, meant, it actually meant spiritual beings, and we could go through the whole Bible and look at that. But as many as are led by the Spirit, we actually get to partner with the Spirit and see the supernatural realm break into the natural so that people see God. Guys, I believe that we've, we've, we've come to a time in history where the world is more prepared for the gospel than ever in the history of mankind. Why is that? Because we have a scientific worldview. Because we have ruled out everything of the supernatural, everything we say is, is uh, natural and scientific, and when God breaks in, one demonstration of the supernatural carries more weight than all of our argument, all of our preaching. God breaks in and people go, wow. The devil thinks he's got us to reject the realm of the spirit by bringing us in our culture to a scientific worldview and he's just fallen into the plan of God as he releases a kingdom of priests moving in the supernatural to take a, a message of the gospel of the kingdom with signs and wonders accompanying that will break in. I'm sorry, I'm getting... I'm not apologizing. I'm just my tripping over my words because I can't speak fast enough. Why are we doing a class on, called Activate? A course, an adventure. It's not a class. That's an American expression. I apologize. Why are we doing an adventure called Activate? because we need to be equipped on how to be sensitive and led by the Spirit. We need to have the right heart attitude that points all the glory back to God. We need to tie that in with the gospel of the kingdom. Not healing for healing's sake. It's not supernatural for supernatural sake. It's supernatural for the advancement of the kingdom that Jesus is glorified. That's why we do it. We need to be obedient. 
and learn to be obedient to the Word and the Spirit. But it says in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, earnestly desire the supernatural. Earnestly desire the spirituals. We've again, again added the word gift that isn't there, and we say earnestly desire spiritual gifts, and we think that we're looking for something, but it's actually, do we desire the intimacy with the Holy Spirit? Do we desire to see the spirit world revealed, the, the spirit revealed, and the supernatural break in? I think we do, but that's what it says, earnestly desire. I was raised in a church that had said, no, that's not for today. Put that on the back burner. You know what happens? We have this whole approach to Christianity that's very ideal-oriented. Christ presented a greater idea of how we could live rather than a kingdom that we entered into. And if we believed the right things, I remember going to church as a, all my life, my first member of church, I was three years old, going to church for years and hearing these wonderful motivational messages about how, you know, Jesus says, turn the other cheek. Somebody hits you on one cheek. <laughs> turn the other cheek. I was a young person. I had a temper. I so wanted to be that. But they never told me how. It was like, if, if I just believe these right things, I will elevate to some superhuman. Yeah. I had a temper. I have two brothers who are twins. They're a year younger than I am. And we got in a number of fights. And once I actually threw both of them into that pile of rose bushes. Now, I was a year older, but there were two of them. You can just understand my temper. And I so wanted something to, to give me, to allow me to overcome that. But I was constantly told the ideal, but not how. I should love people. Sometimes I don't even like people. <laughs> not you, none of you guys ever think that way. Okay, I've shared too much of my own personal story here. I kept saying, okay, I, I see it, but how do I do it? So I do it because I, it's not because I learned to be a better person. Jesus didn't come to make us better people. We don't grow to be better people by following the teachings of Jesus. We die to the old, and we come alive as a new person in relationship with him. He didn't come to make Bad people, good. He came to make dead people alive. Alive to the realm of the Spirit. Alive to God. And then he wants to empower us. He never intended us to live a Christian life without the Holy Spirit, without the guide. He never intended it to be natural. We've made it natural because we didn't know how to deal with this realm of the Spirit. Would you bow your head? There's something of God's 
moving in our midst, but not just in us. Guys, we are not the epicenter of what the Holy Spirit is doing in the world. We just get to be a part of it. There is a movement of the Spirit around the world. We get to be a part of that, but there's something God, God is doing in us. And the word this morning is that there's some of us here, not someone out there, some of us here, who keep running into a glass wall. And that God wants to turn that. He wants to set us free. Maybe you know what that wall is for you. Maybe the Holy Spirit's already shown you. He did for me in, in worship. But if he hasn't, give him a moment. But you know what? He's not going to force you to move forward. He's going to call you. Come after me. Follow me. He doesn't drive us. He invites us. If the Holy Spirit is speaking anything to you, realize the chain it draped over you. It doesn't have to hold you. Maybe you've been hurt, as I said earlier. Maybe you've been told negative about churches or leaders. Maybe you've been the recipient of that and you've been rejected, but it becomes a chain that stops you from going forward. Maybe all you've ever known is a ideal belief-oriented Christianity and have never had relationship with Jesus. I went to church for 11 years before I met Jesus. I learned some good things, some good beliefs, but I didn't meet him. If you've never met him, you can do that this morning. Our focus is about him, about giving him glory, of giving him honor, giving him respect. Holy Spirit, would you just move? Speak to us. I've learned for me that I often need to have some sort of response to God other than just in my own head. I need to share it or I need to acknowledge it or I need to do something. And so sometimes I found it's good for us just to say, God, I hear you speaking to me. And that might be simply saying, Lord, I respond to you. Sometimes it's coming forward so that people can pray with you. Sometimes it's raising your hand in a response to a question. Sometimes it's just sharing with someone else what God has said. The response 
doesn't make it happen. God makes it happen. But the response just acknowledges, God, you're speaking to me. So if God's speaking to you, would you respond to him somehow? For all of us, can we make a commitment in our heart that he alone gets the glory? That as we see him move in the supernatural, we won't touch his glory, but we'll commit ourselves. Jesus does it. We're going to talk about that in the next couple of weeks. It's not us. It's him. Healing is in Jesus. The supernatural is in the spirit of God. It's not in us. It never becomes in us. He comes into us and he works through us, but we don't become super. He does. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're doing. I'm looking at Tim going, do you have a song? No, we'll finish. Lord, thank you for your presence. Thank you for speaking to us this morning, both prophetically through your word, but also to us individually. Lord, thank you that there's liberty in your presence. And Father, now we ask, I ask, that we'd have the opportunity this week of sharing the good news of the gospel of the kingdom with people and that you would confirm that with signs, with healing, with the supernatural. Father, we pray for the class Activate, the adventure this afternoon as people are gathering, that there there would be a clarity but a, a supernatural manifestation of your spirit. We trust you for that. In Jesus' name. Amen.